Hello and welcome to Basic Snitches. Hello. My name is Adam. My name is Tara. And today we are discussing Chapter Three of Harry Potter and the Deathly, the Hallows. Deathly Hallows. As you know, at the beginning of each season, I forget the name of the book that we're reading, <laughs> and that is called The Dursleys. The Dursleys Departing. We are at Tara's house we're today. My house. Uh, it's very warm. It's very warm, but I honestly like. I'm pretty comfortable. Adam is right at home because you know it's dark and it's, damp, just like my cave. It is not damp. <laughs> It is just warm because Terry summer. Terry smeared some blood on the wall for me. I did, I did. I wanted to make him feel welcome. Yeah. And we are drinking wine, of course. We are drinking we, wine. We decided that we were going to start drinking the wine at the beginning of the episode this time. It's just more fun that way. Quick little update, especially for anyone who is a Quinn patron. Tara let me know that she has named her Hogwarts house that we came up with in a fishbowl forever ago, it seems like, at this point. Yes. Would you like to announce the name of your Hogwarts house? Oh, yes. I just need you to know that my Hogwarts house, founded by me, um, is House Prata at Hogwarts. Yeah, that means potato in Gaelic. So she sent me this bird that I was like, what is this bird? Okay, also, the Finch app, um, anyone who ha- has it, get at me, because um, I want to be your Finch friend. I've never even heard of this it's, until today. So it's so cute. So sponsor us but it's finch and finch is it's a self-care app and you hatch a little burb and you can name them and then they um i'm I'm just checking into it right now my burb is exploring with her little she has a micro pet and her micro pet is a is a blob cat look there she is for anyone interested i do not have a micro pet she can't <laughs> Megan dick joke right here. Megan dick jokes right here. Prologue. But anyway, what what it is is it gives you inspirational quotes every day, and it gives you like a to do list, and you can add a to do list, and you can reflect on your day, and in the process, you raise a little burb, and you visit your your burb every day. You can buy them clothes and make them a little house, and it's cute. And then you can have friends. I just downloaded it. Hell yes. So, in order to get 50% off your Finch thing, put in checkout code SNITCH. I'm just kidding. They're not a sponsor. Right. If, if they want to sponsor us, that'd be great. Thanks. Thanks. Finch. We're almost at 200 episodes. But if you, listener, would like to sponsor us, Simply go to patreon.com slash basic snitches and become one of our patrons. You can join at the basic tier at $5 or the Quen tier at $10. Either way, you're going to get a ton of great additional content that we post every single week. We also acknowledge our patrons in every single episode. So our patrons are Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Mary Beth, Megan, Olivia, Nisi, Nicole, and Jen is back. So we are back up to nine, but we'd really love to get up to 10, 12, 15, 20, 100 patrons. So come join us at patreon.com slash basic snitches. So as she was saying, the name of her house is Prata. Prata. I had no idea what that meant. She told me once I had gotten here, and I was like, that is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. I, so. yeah, I was inspired by AJ Ryan from Podcast in Death. Shout out to AJ. That Thanks, is AJ. so amazing. She's way into the Gaelic language, and I feel like I should be because, you know, my family is Irish and shit, but I'm really not. But she inspires me to want to learn some Gaelic things and pronounce them correctly. What was the mascot of your house? What was the mascot of my house? 
Was it hedgehog. a hedgehog? Yours was a hedgehog. Yeah, look, I have a hedgehog right here. Mine was a jackalope. Look at how cute he is. Very cute. He's right here with a snake. Oh my god, there's an there's ice cream truck. There's an ice cream truck outside. Tara, go get us some ice cream. Um, <laughs> I have pineapple popsicles. Ooh, I do too at home. We can have Best those. flavor of popsicle. Anyways, anyway. this, this podcast is not about Patreon. <laughs> As much as, as, much as we would it. like it to be. I sent Adam a thing, but before he reads it, I just want to real quick winner loser of chapter two. Yes. Do you have any guesses on the... The loser is Rita. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that the winner is um, Elfie Stoge. Those are correct answers. Yay! Um, Harry didn't do anything to win the chapter, so... Exactly. Good job, Harry. You learned to read some articles... Listen, you like to read just like we did. Yeah, good. I don't want to actually insult you about being able to read. I'm just saying you have enough wins. And you didn't really do anything. You didn't really do anything. You cut your hand open. If anything, yeah. it means that you lost. That was a rough time for you. So I sent Adam a thing about chapter three. It's not very long, but I think it, it makes its point now. Yes, here's the thing. The name of the thing is three, which coincidentally is also the chapter that we're discussing. What? <laughs> At long last, we have reached the final chapter we must spend with the Mud Fox. Vernon is his usual shitty self. Petunia is weirdly quiet, and Floofy Dicky Dutters is maybe going to turn out okay after all? Two Order members come to Privet Drive to take the Dursleys somewhere safe because Moldy might come after them. Vernon can't decide if he wants to go or not because he's 100% committed to being difficult for no reason. The plan that sounds way smarter than the one that will be happening in the next chapter. We are 100% on the same wavelength. Because it's terrible. Is that Vernon will drive the fam, plus Hestia and Daedalus, and minus Harry, of course, far away from Privet Drive. Then they will operate somewhere safe. Hestia and Daedalus are... I don't even know what I'm saying this. Dallas, I think it's Daedalus. Daedalus are appalled at how the Dursleys do not seem to care at all what Harry will be doing once they are parted. Harry tries to wave off Hestia's anger at their lack of interest, but then Dudley surprises Harry and thanks him for saving his life. Finally, with still not a fucking word from Aunt Petunia except a goodbye, the Dursleys have left this fucking series after entirely too much page time. Good riddance. Good fucking riddance. Goodbye. Except I do also agree. Like, well, let's. Get I mean, into it. Uh, yeah, we Definitely. do actually get more Petunia later in this book, but but it's a flashback. <laughs> let's talk about Vernon Dursley for the last time. Oh my God. You know, obviously we don't spend time with him through large sections of the books, but anytime we're with him, it sucks because he is just garbage. He is the same piece of garbage he was in the very first chapter of the book. Absolutely, the very first chapter where we learn that he works for a drill company, that he's all about capitalism, etc. It's just the traditional tunnel vision mindset. The other thing that's really frustrating about it is he's just committed to being not on the same side as Harry. So, like, he's willing to put his own life, his child and his wife's lives in danger because he's not willing to accept that something Harry or wizards are telling him could be true. Yeah. But he's also like, well, maybe it is. And he's like mad at himself for thinking that it could be. So then he's going to be like, no, we're not going. And then his ignorance. Why the fuck would Harry want your house, you dumbass? Right. I love Harry's response but because 
I had a great place. time here. Yeah, yeah. This place was great. Yeah, I totally oh want God. this house. I think that this is a step above sass. Because we always talk about when Harry is sassy and stuff. I think it is just like, dude, like, we need some realism here. Your reality is not just what you are seeing in your scope of vision of, like, right. you go to work, you come home, you spend time with your family. Once again, seeing that parallel in, like, the current state of things and how we are all experiencing the downfall of capitalism here. <laughs> but also the way that people are realizing that there is things beyond their own bubble, if you will, I think that a lot of more people are realizing that there's this connectedness throughout all of humanity mm-hmm. and things like that. And this is showing that, like, Vernon is at level one. He still has not learned a He hasn't. And, like, I, listen, it's a take I can never quite understand, but that whole, like, needing to be right and be top dog and being alpha, whatever the fuck you want to say Vernon thinks he is, like, that's all fine and good, but, like, at the expense of the fact that you're a fucking idiot about it. If you want to confidently do stupid stuff sometimes, that's that's a lot of the world. But you were literally confidently doing everything wrong. You were taking information that is being given to you to be helpful. And you're like, because I don't like this concept, I don't care. I must negate it. And that's astounding to me that people are so unwilling. And here's the thing is that I remember we've talked about this before. Vernon is a frighteningly realistic person. Well, I would like realistic in there. The there scope are of his people fucking like that out there. Oh, that's what you mean. Yes, yes. Yes. The fact that there are people out there who just are so like stuck with their blinders on. You know, you would say so very confidently doing a stupid thing. I mean, we've been doing this podcast now for 193 episodes. We're very confidently doing a stupid thing as well. But we do it in the right way, not the wrong way. Listen, I'm not not trying to be perfect, okay? But, like... (laughs) And, I mean, there's something to be said for, like, perfection, too, and, like, how unrealistic perfection is. Here he is just staying in his box. I mean, you had said it right from the get-go, is that he isn't considering, like, your son almost had his soul sucked out couple years ago and here it is now that your entire family is in danger let's say that it was a threat that is like within your real house that i don't know i was gonna say there's meteors coming in there falling on all the houses in your neighborhood. <laughs> maybe that even is something like well uh, that's not gonna happen to me i don't know but yeah he's definitely he would i feel like Verna would be anti-science yes but let's say that there's some like some present threat there. Right. Would it be the same thing of like, oh well, I'm just gonna sit it out. That's not gonna happen to me. There's this like bulletproof, I'm immune to it mindset that he has. Yeah. So he's obviously prioritizing his job and Dudley's school over the safety of his family. This is where Harry <laughs> is giving a little bit more information about there's more things out there. If he's out there killing, like, random people and you are associated with me, what makes you think that he's going to pass you over? He's not going to hesitate to kill you as well. You're going to be number one. And then he starts getting into other things, like Dementors and things. That's where Dudley is like, wait a minute, you're telling me there's more? And Harry's like, more than those two? Yeah, there's, like, (laughs) hundreds, if not thousands of them. And, like, Dudley is coming from this from firsthand experience. Like, yeah. it, it would be so interesting, and I have no idea, obviously, this is completely hypothesizing here, but what if it was Vernon 
who almost had his soul, if he has one, sucked out by the Dementors. Would that have changed his perspective? Because obviously that experience has changed Dudley in this instance. I don't know. Like, look at Petunia. She has some first-hand experience here, and this is how she is. Yeah. You know, you think of Dudley. Dudley was 16, because Dudley's a year older than Harry, I think. Mm -hmm. It's a kid. He's still very impressionable. Those two fuckers are very set in their ways. More than anything, it would probably just scare them. Not necessarily like it scared Dudley, though. It would just be like, this is another reason why Harry is terrible. You saw how they reacted when it happened to Dudley. They're like, get him the fuck out of the house. Yeah. But if it had happened to one of the two of them, they would have had the same reaction, but they would have been able to use that against him. Yeah, Yeah. I think you're totally correct with that. And, like, you use the word impressionable when it comes to Dudley. You see that at this point. Like, we all know that Dudley is the brightest person. But, and this is a little bit further on, and not much happens in this chapter, obviously, but a little further on when they're, like, about to leave, Dudley's like, wait a minute, why isn't he coming with us? And we're like, oh, you poor little sweet dummy. <laughs> but, like, it that looks, shows how The first time I read that, I was like, oh, oh my god, Dudley. Because, one, I read this book for the first time and I was, this book came out in 2007, and I bought it and then read it immediately. So in 2007, I was 23. I was an adult. I was a young, stupid adult, but I was an adult. This is the first point in the book where I started crying. I was like, Mm. oh my god. Because I'm generally the kind of person who is like, if someone has a bit inside of them that can be, like, redeemable, that can be proof that they're not shitty entirely, I'm in for that. Yeah. And I've always kind of been that kind of reader. This also sets the precedence in this book by Diary of Nurse that, (laughs) which might just be her name now. (laughs) <laughs> when we invented that last episode, I have to tell you, listeners, that when I was editing the, the past episode, I had to, like, take breaks so I could breathe. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, we're at the point now where we just think we're the funniest fucking people we alive, are. so... It's not that we think, it's just a fact. It's... You're not wrong. We've been doing this so long that we've finally gotten good at it, so... <laughs> it just took four years. <laughs> I mean, th- this kind of shows that Diarrhea Nurse is including all of these redemptions in the book. We see that with other characters, absolutely. I mean, in a way, we've already started to see that with the Malfoys, kind of. Or at least some of the Malfoys. Yeah. So it's actually really, really great to see it, it open up in this way and show that, hey, some people are never going to change. Right. But some people can. This is the way that Dudley has always known very much, and we see that throughout Dudley's journey, even though it's a very, very small sliver in the series of, like, this is what Dudley has been able to experience, and he is very much in a bubble. And now his bubble is expanding, and so you have talked about it, but I also think other people out in the world and in others, like, segments of pop culture have talked about, like, where is the redemption where we see Harry and Dudley reuniting as adults? I bet it's out there. It's gotta be. I feel like that is something that a lot of people are hungry for. Like, fuck the fan fictions where Draco and Harry fuck each other. (laughs) Listen, we all have OTPs and shit that's in fan fiction or whatever, but I literally have never had another ship in Harry Potter that I was like, I stand for this. You know, other than Dean and and Seamus, which, sorry, they're not that important characters. <laughs> Although I would maybe read a miniseries about Dean Thomas 
just because I just love how he dealt with all of the stupid shit floating around him, and then also he got to date Ginny for a minute. Mm-hmm. So I would probably read that. But I would read Harry and Draco becoming friends, because Draco, like Dudley, is also very impressionable, and I think that there's a, a teeny, teeny, teeny bit of Drake, not in this series, but when we get to Cursed Child, that you're mm-hmm. like, wow, Draco was fucked up because of his upbringing. But he is in the series, too, and I think we saw a lot of that in the last book, where we were really feeling kind of bad for him, because look at the shitty position he was in. And honestly, he didn't really have another option. Yeah. That is actually one of the best things Snape has done in the entire series, was he did that for Draco at the behest of Dumbledore to kill Dumbledore instead of Draco and like what that would have done for Dra- to Draco yeah. and what Snape did by doing that for Draco there was so much more into that and that's one reason why I won't entirely hate Snape I just mostly do well and in Curse of Child you see a little bit of the dynamic there and he flat out says he's like I was jealous of your friendship and like he and Ginny have that moment spoilers for Curse Child because like Ginny was kind of on the outskirts of that trio but not like Draco was yeah. Draco watched that for years there's something to be said, I always talk about it, the mundaneness of the series. If you are on our Patreon and you've watched me playing the Hogwarts Legacy, I just want to walk around the fucking building and, like, marvel at it and be like, can I go there right now? Like, that's the kind of stuff I want. And so some of these, like, smaller relationships and seeing how they have, like, evolved over time, I think fall into that. And that is absolutely Harry and Draco and Harry and Dudley and things like that. So... It's a really nice little moment there. Diary Nurse doesn't call Dudley fat. He says he is big muscular. Listen, guy. like, Diary Nurse made Dudley sound hot in the first description of him in this chapter. 100%. I was like, mm-hmm, Dudley! Yeah. And then and later on, she referred to him having, like, meaty hands. And I was like, oh, well. I no. Mean, we no, don't use that. Hands, don't we? I don't, I don't know what meaty hands are. You I have just, pretty big hands. I do have big hands. I do, just, you know what big hands means? My dick is the biggest here. You can make really big meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that descriptor, I guess. Meaty hands. I was like... There's something underlying from it. We also know how that person... Fat fucking phobic yes, that bitch exact. is. So there's some context But But holy cow, that first descriptor of Dudley in this chapter, I was like, Dudley sounds hot. Well, then it's something Oof. to be said about like how then later he is so innocent. And it's like, at this point, he's 18. He's yeah. a year older than, than Harry. But, like, look at his life. Look at how sheltered. He's so the, sheltered. The... He's a big, strong boy, but he's still very much a child. Like, mentally, that's not as a slight at all because no. there's trauma that is palpable. In this Which book. Dumbledore called those fuckers out last book. Yeah. He's like, what, what you did to this boy, what? Yeah. There's only two really other things that I have to say about this chapter. One thing is at the very end, having to do with Petunia, because, like, as you mentioned in your thing, there's not much to Petunia here right now. It's kind of a shame. And, like, like you also said, that we do see her later. But this could have been a real moment, I think. A little before that, I do want to touch a little bit on Hestia and Daedalus. I find them both very charming, and I'm a little bummed that we don't get more time with them. I agree. They both just seem like the right kind of people to be part of the mission. I love Hestia being like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you, do you know what he's done? Do you understand how incredibly important this person who you have mistreated, clearly, which I can tell in five seconds, all these years, you understand how important this person is? First of all, he's a person. He should be treated well anyway. But secondly, yes, he is a very important wizard to the wizarding world. He's also a good guy. He was nothing if not well-behaved for the Dursleys. 
You saved his cousin's life. He didn't fuck shit up on purpose. Sometimes he fucked shit up on accident. But or like, it was Dobby. Or it was fucking Dobby. But <laughs> or it was the twins. <laughs> right? Harry's like, I didn't even do that shit. Yeah. Just trying to live my goddamn life. But really, like, I appreciate the level of fury she brings to the table regarding this person who we've never seen her interact with. This is her first time meeting this kid. And just what Harry means for people that we don't actually get to know. Because that's what Hestia and Daedalus are. They're part of this whole process of getting him to the next step. The Order of the Phoenix, while they don't know the plan, they are not unaware that there's something else that has to happen with Harry. They're not like, okay, we're going to get him to safety and then he's going to go back to Hogwarts. Like, no one is thinking that. Right. They all know he can't. And anyone who knows anything about him or has heard anything about him, because you know that other people in the Order, like Mad-Eye, are going to share this about him, Harry's not just going to sit there. He's going to be trying to do something. So they don't know what the plan is. Sure, but in a couple chapters where Molly's like trying to keep Harry, Ron, and Hermione away from each other because she doesn't want them to plan their fucking trip, like everyone knows the three of them are about to do some shit. It right. does not matter. They may, might not know the details... But she knows Harry's leaving this place to go somewhere safe to turn 17 so he can hopefully defeat Voldemort. Yeah. There's a few things there. First of all, it'd be really interesting to talk about Molly when we get to that point because there's layers there. Poor Molly. The other thing here, I agree that it's good to focus on these two because let's go back at the beginning of, was it book five? It must have been book five, the one where we first meet Tonks, and they all come to kind of like bring him to Grimmauld Place and everything. And you know, we saw Emily Mance there, who is now dead. Yeah. I believe it's good to remember, especially with the next chapter coming up, that there are other people there who are minor characters that are doing things behind the scenes. I think that is very important because I think in the next chapter you really get a sense of like, okay. Everyone kind of knows things in these two warring factions, but it's better to know that there's more people up front on the good side. So there's that portion. But then the whole unknown thing of, like, everyone knows that he's not going to back to Hogwarts, so they can't. That contrasted with Dudley then being like, oh, wait, where's Harry going and stuff? It shows how in all the other books we've had this template. We see the Dursleys, he gets whisked off to Hogwarts, and he has his adventure. And we've become comfortable with that. I mean, I think every book (laughs) since probably book four, we've become more and more uncomfortable with that because it's more unknown. But now it's completely unknown. It's like blasted open of like, what is going to happen here? Well, and that's one reason why I remember we talked a lot about it in the second book. We talked about all those Hufflepuffs that we really don't get to know why we find the Hufflepuffs so important in this series mm. because mostly they're over here or whatever but like they're people who are just fighting the fight Emily and Vance Daedalus Diggle I don't even know what house these people were in yeah doesn't matter I mean when I even point to Tremont artist so <laughs> I do my research the one other thing before the very end talking about Petunia so there's another character here that we need to like really cherish that they're here and that is Hedwig We'll get more into it in the next chapter, because when the inevitable happens, that everyone knows what I'm talking about, I was like, whoa, okay, this chapter has a lot in it. There's this moment where Harry mentioned something like, you'll be able to fly soon. 
And like when you look at it at this moment, Tara is not happy that I'm bringing this up. I can tell all over her face. But it's worth noting that it's like this awful bit of foreshadowing that is happening because I think at the <clears> very <throat> least, and I'm going to say it now instead of the next chapter, like the fact that we lose Hedwig as early as we do, it's one of the worst ones in my opinion, I think. The fact that it's alluded to, like this is an important mm-hmm. character that we're losing. And so seeing that in here, knowing what's about to happen in the next chapter, it's like, well, shit. I don't know if you have anything to add to that because it's so disappointing. Well, we can go back to talking about Petunia. Let's talk about Petunia, yes. yes. So she kind of lingers there at the end. And when we get into the movie portion, I know that there's a cut scene that doesn't happen in the book, which is probably why it was cut. So good on you, movie people. Where she gives a little bit more of that background and stuff. I'm really disappointed in Petunia here because we see this light in Dudley. Vernon's never going to change. Like, there's no hope for that guy. But this could have been a moment for Petunia to kind of show a little bit of softness and, like, a little bit of understanding, especially since we see kind of these cutscenes in the future. And I think that's all it is, is that, like, at some point, whether it was a special episode or a game or a Patreon exclusive, we talked about, like, who's your favorite Dursley? Yeah. And I said Petunia. You said Dudley. And in this moment, it's like, ah, yes. It's things like this where we finish out kind of most of what we see with the Dursleys that make me want to change my mind and realize that Tara was right here. Because it's <laughs> like, it's really unfortunate more than anything. It's the most unfortunate when it comes to the two. Yeah. To me, I find it incredibly heartbreaking because of what happens later in the book where Harry sees that Petunia's level of disdain for the wizarding world comes from a place where she chose jealousy over love for her sister and she continues that with mistreating Harry and allowing her husband to mistreat Harry and encouraging Dudley to mistreat Harry obviously we're talking a lot more about Petunia when we get to the prince's tale because she's in there but like the truth is that Petunia wanted to be a witch too she found out her sister was a witch her sister was special or whatever and she wasn't and so instead of being happy for her which is a thing that human beings love to struggle with can't be happy for people who are getting great things how dare someone get a good thing and you didn't get it like I want good things for people in life and I didn't get them, and I'm almost 40 years old, oh and whatever. God. Like, when I, I, like we are on the same wave. It just, right I just, <laughs> but like that's that's where she is. And like when she was a kid, when this all happened, Snape was around Lily, and Snape was a jerk to Petunia. Sounds like Lily and Petunia's parents were good people. So it's not like you were a mistreated child, like we learned that Snape was, which is neither here nor there in this particular moment. But you were not raised to be an unkind person. You were not raised to be jealous and envious of your sister, like. Your sister, who sounds like she was the nicest person ever and a good person, you're jealous and you're angry when you're a kid. Well, then you continue this hatred. Like you never grow out of it. Right, you never grow out of it. And then her child, do you love your sister? This is the piece of your sister that's left. And you're choosing to not love him because you're pissed because Dumbledore couldn't make you a witch because your sister went off to school without you and because that's what she was destined to do and so in the same breath which i'm sure that lily probably supported petunia and everything she fucking did because lily sounds fantastic 
I'm so mad every time I think about it. Well, it's very interesting. Especially because... when you have Harry, who's a fucking child. In the first book, he's like, all right, well, if I go fight Snape, because he thinks Snape is, you know, mm-hmm. stealing the Sorcerer's Stone, if I die, it's fine, you know, because I'm helping other people. You were raised by these selfish fuckers. Yeah, Where yeah, did that seriously. come from? That came from your parents. Your parents who were trying to help the world as young people in the Order of the Phoenix. Like, there's a lot of shit to delve into about each of these characters, but you've just actively made a choice to treat a child like shit for 17 years, 16 years, and encourage your child to treat him like shit. So good for Dudley for at least taking a fucking step. The fact that Harry has to be like, actually, Dudley saying that sounds like, I love you. Because they're like, what the fuck? All he said was Harry wasn't a waste of space. Do you understand? How big of a step that is? Uh, yeah. It's because look at the idea. fucking world Dudley was raised in. I think it's really important to bring up Snape in these moments because then you really see these like parallels of Snape and Petunia. And I agree. I think from what we have seen, 100%, and this is why I have thoughts about James Potter and stuff, but like Lily is heralded as the paragon. Like She is yeah. the one who is always in the right. Like I think of... Wicked, for example, in comparison to the Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. that paints Elphaba as, like, you know, in a negative light. What would it be like to see that version here from, like, Petunia's point of view? I have a hard time thinking that, you know, in any way Lily is self obsessed or anything, but it makes me think of that kind of stuff, focusing on jealousy and fear instead of on love. The other thing, for some reason, when you were talking, got me thinking was what about Harry's grandparents? Obviously his grandparents are not in the picture here because he right the aunt that's the only person that he's related to. It makes me wonder what Lily and Petunia's home life were like. I don't know, we're walking into a lot of hypotheticals here as we're getting to the end of the series, yeah. but... Our game today is... Tara hates the games. She always says fuck. I'm always afraid I'm going to fuck it up. We're playing word collaboration. Oh, shit. So it is one that we could fuck up, but I have a feeling that with some of the people that I have decided here, that might not be such a difficult game for us. Okay. So if you recall, word collaboration is the one where we go one, two, three, and we have a word based on, in this case, characters that are mentioned in this chapter. And um, some of them that we didn't touch on, but we will in the next chapter. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Our first character is, of course, Mr. Kool-Aid Man himself, Vernon Dursley. Okay. One, two, three. Angry. Kool-Aid Man. (laughs) You called him Kool-Aid Man. Angry Kool-Aid Man. Okay. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, Poison yeah. Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's what he says. Oh, yeah. Oh, Poison yeah. Kool-Aid. All right, I have a word. I have a word. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Potions. Cult. <laughs> Potions cult. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Snape. Snape. <laughs> yeah. All roads lead back to Snape, apparently. Okay. Ooh. Good job. High five. We did yes. that. That's exactly how it's supposed to go. Okay. Number two is Petunia Dursley. One, two, three. Disappointing. Bitch. 
<laughs> Disappointing tight lift bitch. Okay. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Dire Umbridge. Universe. <laughs> Basically, they're the same person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Diary Nurse and Pink Bitch. All right, ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Okay. I, we said the same word. We, we said the same word. Okay. Yeah, high five. <laughs> two in a row. Okay. Next is Dudley. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Misguided. Misguided Sufi Dinky Dutters. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Child. Dudley. What'd you say? Child. Dudley Child. All right. We, we got this. Okay. One, two, three. Crazy. Kitten. Well, crazy kitten. We're so close. Okay. I have a solution for this. Okay. Think about where we were going to be recording today. Okay. One, two, three. Bart. Okay, we kind of cheated, but high five. We still got it. Party. I want to go give him love, and he hates it. He doesn't want snuggles from me. Someday. He'll come around. I mean... I mean, I can literally go over there whenever I want. We came to Bart, so that means eventually Bart's going to come around. Next one. A bit unexpected, perhaps, but Kingsley, who is mentioned in this chapter. Yeah. All right, ready? One, two, three. Badass. Ryan, Tara has caught up to us. So. All right, and the last one. Okay. Might actually be the most difficult one. Oh, shit. Arthur, who's also mentioned in this chapter. Oh, okay. Sure. Okay. One, two, three. Daddy Weasley. <laughs> Daddy Weasley and nothing. I, I was about to just say Weasley. <laughs> and then you started to say Daddy, and I was like... <laughs> Daddy Weasley. Daddy Weasley. I mean, that's who he is. Let's try this one more time. I'm going to go with the second thing that came to my mind. All right. One, two, three. Confused. Inventor. Confused inventor. That is definitely tracking. This um. All right. Well, this is where my mind is going, so. Okay. Oh, okay. One, two, three. Mr. Lovegood. guy. Who? The slap chop guy. Remember that guy? He also was the ShamWow guy. He did awful made-for-TV oh. infomercials, and he was not great. I just said Mr. Like, Lovegood. So he yeah. got caught up with some hookers. What, which one did you say? I said Mr. Lovegood. I don't know what that is. Xenophilius Lovegood? Oh, Xenophilius Luna's dad? Xenophilius Lovegood and the slap chop guy. We've definitely gone in two different directions. Yep. All right, well, I kind of have an answer. I don't. Okay. One, two, three. Weird. (laughs) We're back. We're back. Okay. Luna and weird. Okay, I have an answer. One, two, three. Nargles. Nargles. You were going to say Nargles. I I I was trying to think of it, so. Yes. We won. We won. We got all of them. Bye. 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 All right. So this movie portion happens. It's. At the very beginning, for the most part. Yeah, it's basically, see the Dursley's leaf. Yeah. That's it. That's really it. Well, you also see, like, Ron does something. Yeah, so they have Ron standing outside because whatever, Ron. And then you see Hermione obliviate her parents' memories, which is a little rough. And you see Catelyn Stark just, you know, forget everything and then go marry some stupid fucker named Ned Stark. That's a Game of Thrones joke. Yeah, that went completely over my head. She's a fucking huge-ass actress. The woman who plays Hermione's mom. 
She's oh, in like really? four seconds of this fucking movie. Oh my anyway, gosh. yeah, she's a very good actor. So they include that. That obviously and that's, does not happen in the book. Yeah. The parts with Harry, he's just like standing in the lawn. Vernon's pacing back and forth. He's like, are we fucking going? He like exudes that mood of are we fucking leaving? Yeah, and there's then, no like second thoughts yeah. like there are in the book. And then you see Petunia just kind of like sitting there being pensive about things. You know that they filmed the uh, yeah, scene. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. So yeah, like, they filmed the scene of, of Dudley and Harry saying goodbye and they cut it from the movie. And Petunia says something. Petunia has like a second, yeah. a last thing that's it's, not in the book. This movie doesn't actually do a bad job of following the book as best it can with all the shit that was cut out of previous movies so that we can make things work. And there's obviously two movies too. Right. So that this, Yeah, this, this half of the movie. The fact that they filmed that shit and didn't put it in is actually treasonous. If they hadn't <laughs> filmed it, I'd be like, okay, whatever. But, like, the fact that they filmed it and then cut it out, I imagine, which is wild that now is where it matters, is that they had Petunia give some sort of download on the situation. Maybe that's why they cut it, Did which they, is awful. Like, right, but the thing is, is if they were going to cut it, then... They should have given us more of that in the Prince's Tale section of the eighth movie then. Because we really don't get any of that Petunia backstory, which is just disappointing. One, you have an incredible actress playing the role. Two, we see the characters every book. Yeah, we fucking hate Vernon, but Diarrhea Nurse put all this in there, so... The Dudley one really, really hurts. And also, I feel like now, Harry Melling has an amazing acting career. That kid is doing great shit. And he doesn't look a thing like he did as Dudley anymore. Potter is always going to be the thing that was the springboard for so many of these child actors. Yeah. And they took away his best scene in the whole series. That's, that's a good I mean, point. again, good for him because he's still doing great shit out. I can't tell you any of the fucking shows he's been on because I don't watch TV. But <laughs> I know he's done several like really big BBC things and he's yeah. doing really, really well for himself. But that was just such a good scene. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that's the most memorable Dursley scene that you don't walk away from going, God, Vernon's a jerk. Like, the biggest thing that you walk away from is like, oh, hey, there's some redemption here for Dudley. Yeah, Dudley's growing. The other big noticeable thing in this scene to me in the movie is that they have all their shit boxed up in this little tiny flimsy cart. Now, I would like to point out that when we were watching the movie, I did some research, and U-Haul does exist in the UK, and it was found in 1945. So what the fuck is your problem, Vernon Dursley? Cheapskate? Um, maybe the car has had extension charm on it. Of course, Vernon wouldn't like that. I don't think that that's possible. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, like, obviously, Alfie Stoge and Hestia Jones are there either, which... You I mean, mean Daedalistic? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all have, you know, piddly riddly. Weird ass fucking names. Jingle the Jones. So, um, also, a major sad thing not to give more actors. I know that this film franchise is bringing in billions and billions of dollars. You can't hire an, another British actor just to. There are at least three British actors who have been quoted on like TV shows and stuff that they were like, everyone was in Harry Potter but me. You know who I can see seeing that is Graham Norton. Graham Norton could have been Dedalus Diggle. Why wait, the fuck hold not? On, hold on. Who is Graham Norton? Wait, wait, wait. We have to be very, very specific. Yeah, he wouldn't be that elliptical. But he... I feel like Graham Norton is like the older version of Grindelwald. And they make it a completely comedic role. Graham Norton has to be something very, very special that was cut out of the series. Graham Norton is fucking peeps. 
Okay, guys, what we're going to do is a Patreon episode down the road. We're going to take every British actor who's not in the Harry Potter movies and give them a character. Because we did some of that with some... Actually, I was sitting on this couch when we did it. Who was it? It was the Weasleys. Because I was like, where does fucking um, that ginger singer fit into the Weasley band? Oh, Ed Sheeran? Yes, thank you, Ed Sheeran. (laughs) Sorry. Keep that in mind. Because that might be a good fishbowl episode. But yeah, that's all that's in this movie because they didn't actually give us... Yeah, I get it. At the same time, it is disappointing because of Dudley. It's disappointing, yeah. Why the fuck even have them in the movie if you're not going to give them some real screen time? Seriously! I mean, right there is the answer of, like, why don't we have Estia Jones and... uh, Yeah. uh, Daedalus Diggle. (laughs) I was about to say Alpheus Doge again. I honestly just wanted Olivia Coleman to come in and be Hestia Jones and be like, are you fucking kidding me? You know your nephew's fucking famous, right? (laughs) What the hell? Yeah, seriously. I love her. If not for anything, I bet you were free that day. Totally free that day. And you were also like. 17. I know I'm American. <laughs> oh. oh, I was 26. Um, Fine. Has to be Joseph to be 26. Right. Also, you can speak with a British accent. Make her Irish. British accent. She's Irish. Hestia Jones. It sounds Irish to me. Right. 30 plus to Harry because he really gives it to Vernon. And let's be honest, I mean, things are heightened now. Harry's probably going to get more points than he deserves. Because of just the nature of things. Plus five to Daedalus and to Hestia. Because they're rock stars. Of course. Negative ten to Petunia. This was her moment for a little bit of redemption, too. Obviously, we talked about it. This is also the last time I can take points away from Vernon, so negative fifty. You had your chance, bitch. And you let it go. Yeah, he sucks. And I'm also introducing something new with points this book. Because this is, truthfully, even though we have episodes planned after the series... Points are probably not going to be a thing after this book. So, there is going to be characters throughout this book that have sort of redemption points. So what I did for Dudley is I looked back and I saw how he was in the negative. Because ultimately, like, if you come around at the end, there's something to be said for that. I'm giving Dudley 25 points for coming hey, around. Hey, Dudley. This brings him into the positive at the end of the series. Oh, Dudley. So this is something that we can expect from other characters as we move forward with points and stuff. Like, if this, this is the last time I'm going to be able to give you points and you have, like, made amends or done something or, hey, it can be in the opposite way, too, where, like, you've been maybe fairly good or kind of, like, on the edge and then all of a sudden you fuck it up in this book. I'm going to go back and look at how many points you've got for the other six books, and you're going to get deducted more points than usual. So <laughs> I can officially say, like, Dudley, at the end of the series, he's going to be in the positive because this is where it matters, you know? So to recap, that's 30 to Harry, 25 to Dudley, 15 to Dedalus and Hestia, negative 10 Petunia, negative 50 Vernon, and here's the thing. Petunia could potentially get or have been deducted still. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see how we it goes. We shall see. That's chapter three. Oh, chapter three. Chapter four is chapter a lot four heavier. is coming at you next it's week. The Seven The Seven Potters. Um, yep, we're not going to talk about it right now. But we will next time. So tune in next week. Bye, friends. Bye.
Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!